My name is Brianna, and I welcome you to the Tales of Adventure, a D&D podcast like no other. My name is Angela McCain. You can find me on Twitter at darling underscore gypsum. I am a role player and a writer and a voice actor, specifically over on the Nerdsmith Network. And uh, yeah, I make a bunch of cool nerdy stuff. That's my that's my job. I play a character named Adelaide Chaucer on Shenanigans, which is a live stream uh, D and D show. <laughs> I don't mean to bother you, but I am rather curious. You're wearing a pin, a silver pin. I've seen those around. I'm wondering, what do they mean? Oh, um, well, it's a symbol for the Birchfield Institute, uh, the very large building you would have seen in the middle of uh, of town. Ah, oh, yes, I was wondering what that was. This is my first time in this area, so... Still learning my way around. My name is Estra, by the way. Estra. It's very nice to meet you. Uh, Adelaide Chaucer. I'm a, I'm a proctor of the Institute. The pleasure is mine. What does a proctor do with this Institute? Oh, well, we are a, uh, a little... Uh, the simplest way to put it would be we're uh, sanctioned adventurers. We uh, we go out and complete assignments from the Institute when, well, magic items are such that if one were to be, say, overly powerful and, and maybe get into the wrong hands, it would be a, a matter of public safety. So we seek out magic items and bring them back to the Institute for, uh, for study and, and safekeeping. Sounds like a very noble job indeed. I've had to rescue a few magical artifacts myself. That's not always the safest job, but it's so much better than the alternative. <laughs> it has certainly not been an easy job, but I, uh, I do like to think it's somewhat noble. Sure. So what got you into this line of work? Oh, um, well, I... I've honestly wanted to be a proctor my whole life. The Institute's been uh, a fixture in the city. Uh, you're, you're in Ashport, by the way, in case you weren't sure. Um, it's been, as I said, a fixture of the city f since I, before I was born. And the principles that it espouses of both trying to keep the common folk safe, but learning as much as it can about the arcane and the mysteries of the universe, not to mention the little hint of uh, danger and glory that didn't seem like there was any other choice for me, to be honest. The adventurer life may not be for the many, but I can't deny the call is very hard to ignore when it's for you. It has been a life's work to get to this point, so I'm... Uh, I'm very proud of the work that we've been doing with the Institute. What has it been like to work for the Institute? 
Well, there's, you know, a large organization is going to be fraught with bureaucracy, but there have been a number of um, very talented, very unorthodox folk that I've um, had the pleasure of working with. And we are usually organized into teams by by ranking. You can see um, I'm, I'm currently, not for very much longer, I imagine, a, a silver grade proctor. Um, and we are sent on, say, if the copper were sent on just sort of f- fetch quests, if you would, we're tasked with collecting things of a slightly more dangerous nature, things that might require more cunning and and um, manpower to get access to, things that would be um, quite dangerous if left to the hands of someone with a slightly more uh, selfish motivation. So we're given our assignments. We have access to a, uh, a quartermaster who gives us access to a number of items and and potions and spells that we could use on our trip. So we basically, it's basically a library. We we check things out and if we don't use them, we can give them back. Um, but yeah, we, we sent, we're sent out and complete our mission, come back, get a pat on the head, I suppose, and, uh, and continue on from there. Ah, so do you work alone or do you work with others? No, I have a team. Um, I'm, I'm part of a team. Uh, there's, uh, we all sort of stumbled into the Proctors together. Let's say we, we had a bit of an audition um, as a more freelance, uh, lower level kind of job, and then uh, all were promoted to Proctor because we succeeded. It might be a little um, stretching the term, but uh, we impressed someone and were able to get on board. Um, one, two, three, four. There's uh, there's four others, uh, five of us total in in my group. We have a a cleric of the um, the Knights of Joy and Sorrow. She's very young but uh, uh, very devout and does not uh, um, does not have a lot of uh, patience for foolishness, which is good, keeping us on task. Um, uh, we have an archaeologist. A he's. Another of our folk, he, mm, I don't like using the word thief, but he does have a bunch of uh, extracurricular skills. Uh, and uh, we have a, um, a, a swordswoman, a, a, a bard by trade. Uh, so there's a, a, bit of a, a bit of a mix between us. I'd like to think we balance each other out in terms of skill sets. That might be why we're as successful as we are. A good balance of skills is good to have, especially when completing dangerous jobs. I've learned that myself. Having a collection of rogues, or as they like to call themselves sometimes, recovery specialists. Mm, that's a very good euphemism for that. I like that. I should I should let him know. I don't know. I think it was, I don't remember who came up with that, but I'm sure they wouldn't mind you using it. But they're really good at sneaking around and pretty and getting to hard to find things. But when push comes to shove, you may find yourself alone in a room of Goliaths. Oh, oh, oh my! <laughs> I, I mean, I like to think of myself as a little bit uh, light on my feet as well. Um, we, we tend to be the ones that scout out ahead of things, since. Uh, we can keep uh, we can keep fairly quiet, but our bard she's been dabbling a bit in uh, 
in his skill set, so I might have a run for my money on that. Like I said, it's good to have a variety, especially if these skill sets are yours. Absolutely, I agree. I honestly have been dabbling a little bit in my, uh, myself into the arcane. Just a bit. I A bit of a, a book buff, as it were, and uh, understanding the arcane and, and learning about casting and things like that has always been intriguing to me, and I've only previously dabbled a little bit in... Uh, incorporating it into my, uh, my, my archery, you see, um, but I'm starting to, uh, find a lot of, uh, fulfillment in, in the wizarding arts. There's a lot of wizards can do that most others can only dream of. It's not easy to learn, and not everyone can, but... Oh, and I don't pretend to be, uh, that well-versed. I'm still very much a novice. I'm unsure if I'm... I'm not sure if I've hit a bit of a cap with it as well, um, but I am. I feel very grateful to have learned what I've learned. Um, the Institute itself is both a um, repository of knowledge, but also a, a, a university in its own right. So we did have access to trainers of various skill sets, and that's, that's where I picked up the few tricks I do know. Oh, what I wouldn't have given to have something such as the Institute when I was... Trying to learn new things, I ended up having to learn on my own or impersonate students at different places and hope no one caught on. It has been my experience that you do what you need to if you deserve an education. That is very true indeed. So, you mentioned that you were quote-unquote successful at something before you were made proctor. What? What happened there? What's the story? Oh, oh, um, it's not something we talk a lot about, but, um, well, before I was inducted into the Proctors, I was what was known as a a fetcher, a bit of a mercenary, for lack of a better term for it. It's, it mostly just means that jobs that the, uh, that the Birchfield don't really want to admit they need done, uh, they reach out to more freelance uh, folk to get that done. And and so a number of jobs I had previously had involved um, bringing personnel back to the Institute if there was some sort of, uh, let's say, uh, HR disagreement, or um, if someone had... um, confiscated property they weren't supposed to leave the Institute with. It was often the case that I would get hired to track them down and uh, bring them or the artifact back. Don't like to use the word bounty hunter, but, you know, it is what it is. That I do. I've done a few missions such as that myself for different associates of mine. It's not the most glamorous, but sometimes it's a lot better than the alternative of what would happen if that person weren't returned. Because sometimes when people steal something, they don't truly realize what it is they're taking. Or, even worse, they do. Ugh, that's... You're not exaggerating, you see, that is worse. That's when it gets very messy. Well, it seems to me that you understand quite well why the Birchfield's an important institution here. 
That I do, I wish there were more such organizations, but it's got another something like that around here. Well, we're always... I, at least I've heard through the grapevine that there's always franchise opportunities. Uh, we are looking into more uh, expanding. I, I understand that there's a bit of an expedition wing of the Institute that's been uh, sailing to other continents looking for either the expected of um, arcane artifacts, but also just locations that it might make sense to make satellite uh, institutes. Ah, that's very good to know. I have connections in many places, and while this is my, as I said, first time coming here, I can, I still have people, most likely at the places that the Institute has been sending people to, and I can see what I can do to help move things along with that. Well, please, by all means, drop my name if you do. <laughs> I definitely will. I'm curious. I imagine you've been on many an adventure since you became a proctor. Oh my, yes. Care to share any of the tales? Well, let me think. What are not classified? Hmm. Well, let's, uh, I'll try not to share too many details, but... Don't worry. Nothing you say will leave me. All right. Well, um, at one point, uh, this wasn't technically a mission, so I feel like I'm uh, I can confide without being in trouble. Uh, we were just finishing up a uh, an assignment out in the middle of the ocean, actually, um, dealing with a group of uh, merfolk. But that's not the story I'm telling. After we were done with that mission, we. We decided we had some leave. We had some time to ourselves, partly because the uh, voyage back was going to take so long. So we stopped at a um, an island, and this island was very much a beach resort. It, uh, I'm not that interested in in the parties that they have at places like that, but it was at least a little relaxing. Um, but one of my um, one of my party mates, she found herself in the possession of a small idol. Um, it seems that a child at the resort had pocketed it in her bag, and she suddenly found herself beset by all sorts of terrible luck. It was the weirdest thing. Things would drop as she walked by, or she'd lose something very important, or uh, a, st a step would break the moment she touched it. It was, it was rather inconvenient and not a little bit um, embarrassing for her occasionally. And we found that there was a myth on the island that this particular idol would curse you unless you gave the idol to someone else. Uh, and bless her heart, Bonnie, she... She couldn't bring herself to give it to someone else. She didn't want to put a curse on anyone. I I appreciate her good nature, but at the same time, we had a job to do, and we had to go home, and I didn't want the ship to sink on her or something. That would be very unfortunate. Yes. Uh, so it took quite a bit of convincing, and eventually she didn't have to curse someone else directly. There was a, there was a fellow who... Um, apparently had taken it as his life's journey to sacrifice himself on the volcano on the island. Uh, and the, the fellow offered to take the idol off her hands and jump into the volcano with the idol. 
that also took quite a bit of convincing even then to let her give it away. I'm worthy about that man. What in the world would lead someone to do that? Um, he... I think it might have had to do with some visions. I think it had to do with some other... Um, there might have been a, a dash of uh, immortality placed upon him that he didn't want anymore. Uh, I, I don't... Um, I'm not 100% sure at this point. It was a bit of a while ago. The main thing I remember is on our way back. Turns out he survived and the island didn't want him. So... The idol was destroyed, but he was fine, which I still don't pretend to know why. Um, but that was one of the more unusual days off we've had. It was his bad luck that what he wanted to happen didn't happen. Huh. That's not a bad, that's not a bad reasoning. Uh, sure, let's go with that. But that was the oddest vacation we've had. I would hope so. Not the oddest day. <laughs> oh, so you have a stranger story. I have resigned to the fact that every day is strange when you work for the Birchfield. Not always bad, but always strange. Going after magical artifacts, I don't think it could be possible to be any other way. <laughs> I would um, caution. You're more than welcome to go to the Birchfield. There is an archive there that you can... Um, uh, procure access with a donation, I believe, but um, I would be wary of spending too much time there on your travels, or at least be prepared for side effects. Um, the Birchfield's a bit unusual in the concentration of artifacts we've collected, and people tend to report odd goings-on uh, when they spend a lot of time there. Huh? How so? Well, I think the technical term they've used is magic poisoning. Magic poisoning. Now, don't don't get me wrong. It's not a disease or anything. It, it is apparently contagious, but it is temporary. The, I mean, one of the reasons not everyone's built to be a proctor is the willingness to be exposed to arcane energies that can be a little on the chaotic side. Um, what ends up happening with most proctors who spend an extended period of time with the Birchfield is, well, sometimes random things happen. Can you give me an example? Have you experienced this yourself? Uh, yes, unfortunately. Um, well, our handler, the, the one in charge of our group, uh, I once saw him regurgitate an entire shield. He had not eaten one. I imagine that was rather uncomfortable. I think it happened so quickly he was more in shock than anything else, but... Yes, um, that's one of the more intense examples, but I've seen anything from uh, members being teleported suddenly in 60 feet in one direction. I've seen... There was a moment, I, I didn't myself experience it, but another one of my team members swore that we all suddenly looked and spoke like her for a few minutes. Um, I didn't notice a change, but apparently it only really affects the person who's uh, seeing it. Nobody else notices. Uh, it has been um, a challenge occasionally. They've been... Some of them have been more troublesome than others. 
uh, some of these magic poisoning, let's call them effects. But um, part of our training as proctors is to sort of roll with the punches. So being able to adapt to those effects is part of the job. It sounds very similar to what happens with some sorcerers who the magic can run rather wild at times. Yes, I have heard of such things. It's been... Uh, I've been told there there may be some uh, some sort of connection there between the, the types of um, magic surges we experience. Um, I don't um, I don't have access to that exact knowledge, partly because I believe it's still being investigated by our institute scholars. Now I'm wondering what would happen if such a sorcerer were to spend a lot of time at the institute. Oh my, I could not um, I could not imagine anything particularly uh, relaxing. <laughs> I imagine it could range between. More chaos than normal, and the worst possible idea. Some of the members of my party would love to see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, let's say I'm probably the more uh, wet blanket of the group. Uh, it's good to have a balance, especially when dealing with magic such as that. Hmm. I've been referred to as the team leader, which I still insist is not true. And glue, or the person that keeps us on task. <laughs> and despite that, I'm not sure that I actually succeed at that usually. Well, as long as you, as long as there is someone trying, and I don't see why that would be such a bad thing to be considered the leader. Leaders don't often get to choose if they're leader. No, they also don't get to um, not take credit for successes and failures. So. I like sharing in that way. As do I. But in the grand scheme of things, I would say that our um, our Proctor team is, uh, if not exemplary, we're at least uh, a good example of the, the kind of go-get-it attitude that the Birchfield needs more of, if you ask me. I'm curious, who would you say is the head of the Birchfield Institute? There's a board of directors, actually. There's, um, I believe, seven of them. They oversee different departments. But the namesake and technical head of the institute is uh, um, a man named uh, Ulysses Birchfield. The head director, I suppose you'd call him. I thought that name sounded familiar. I believe I've worked with him before, a long time ago. Hmm. I assume he had some sort of more active role. Uh, he certainly spent his life building the Institute up, so I, I'm not surprised. Uh, his his family is quite old in the area. They, they have a bit of a reputation. So I've remembered. I've first part of I came here is I got a message from an old contact and asking to meet and catch up, but I honestly... They used a codename that I didn't recognize, so I've been trying to figure out who I've been supposed to meet all day. <laughs> oh, subterfuge will get you every time. That it will, because it was back in when we were working on something that required it. Well, I don't know if I would be any of, of any help trying to ascertain that, but um, I eh. hope you the best of luck trying to figure out who you're supposed to speak to. 
I'm sure I will find a way. They gave me a location, so I'll figure it out where it is tomorrow. I don't have to meet them till later this week. Hmm. Well, and if you uh, require any any assistance with anything, uh, as I said, Birchfield's got a relatively open-door policy when it comes to uh, public requests. It's very good to know. To a point. <laughs> Understandably so. I imagine certain knowledge must be kept out of the public light. We'll try to make the best judgments that we can. Of course. It's difficult when dealing with stuff that's hard to control or understand or... Things that are particularly powerful and dangerous, especially with how greedy people can be. Well, certainly self-interest can be the worst enemy of anyone trying to work on um, protecting people from magic. Well, I'm not sure that people have to be protected from magic in general, but there are plenty of people with ill will, and we're at least trying to curb that somewhat protect the people from certain people with magic <laughs> sure the, the birchfield tries its best it, it, there's also a the, as i'd said study is a major component so research into these artifacts in order to improve everyday life is also a part of the institute's uh, ethos we um come up with all sorts of technologies and uh, and uh, applications for magic that overall might have started with something that we had confiscated for protection and found a way to safely harness it and utilize it for the public good. I can definitely admire that. Well, I'll thank you on behalf of the Institute. So what are some other interesting missions that you've been on or artifacts that you, you may or may not have come across? Are you sure you're not a journalist? I feel quite uh, investigated right now. I'm just naturally curious, and I've been on a lot of adventures myself, and I've learned... You can learn a lot by seeing what other people have come across. Alright, well, let me once again think how to describe something without breaking protocol. Hmm. I usually just come up with a different name for things. (laughs) Um, we spent a little bit of time in, uh, what's known as the Underdark, uh, subterranean, um, quite a, quite a large region, um, near, uh, near here, uh, but very far underground. We traveled for quite a while in what would have been pitch dark, uh, which was a challenge for a few of us who don't, um, have the gift of, uh, of dark vision. But we um, we were there for several, um, for, for I believe, several weeks. It, it was a little hard to tell what time it was. Uh, that it is when there is no light. Not a fan of the Underdark. Ah, oh, no. Um, it wasn't an experience, but I'm not sure I'd want it again. <laughs> Must don't. Well, we did make a few friends, a few um, allies uh, that we've seen a few times now. Um, there's a, there's a goblin village down there, um, Smushton, I believe it's called, um, and they, uh, they subsist off of a largely mushroom-based economy, and, uh, they, they were quite charming, 
a little unusual, but uh, but very very welcoming, and we've kept contact with them. Uh, Goblins can be useful allies to have, though sometimes with their hands and their long pointy fingers, it can be <laughs> a little weird, especially the older ones. I found them quite industrious. I actually helped a little bit with their um, their farming efforts. They were using a, um, I'd say they were using a subpar method of dragging mushrooms that they had collected off the walls, uh, and I, I helped them with a little bit of a wheelbarrow design to help them uh, do that a little bit more efficiently, which I felt very good about. <laughs> it was very kind of you. Most aren't that helpful towards creatures of the Underdark. I'd be lying if I said it didn't come from a itch at the back of my head watching someone do something that I thought could be done better. But I, I am glad that I was able to help them overall. Um, that, that's probably the most uh, charming that the Underdark got, to be honest. Uh, we... Unsurprising. There's some nasty creatures that live down there. Yes, there was... Um... A cave fisher that we dealt with, uh, the, the goblins called it a pinch run, uh, as in, ah, pinch, run. Very charmed <laughs> by that. Um, but yeah, we had to fight one of those. It um, had the most obnoxious uh, threading that it would exude. Uh, stuck to everything. It was terrible. And we, uh, oh, we made our way through a place called... Uh, the Canyon of Fur. That was rather disgusting. Uh, it was literal fur. Um, it was a, a canyon that had um, been home to a number of creatures that just shed like mad. <laughs> and so it was like little tumbleweeds everywhere, but they were made of hair. That does sound rather gross. Well, I... Um, my companion of the more illicit skill set, he, um, he's a halfling, so he was experiencing it very close up, just chest high in fur. It's like taking a, uh, um, taking a swim in, in a very large dog's, the after effects of giving a large dog a, 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 a trim. It must have been horrible. I hope he doesn't have allergies. I don't think so. I don't think we would have survived if any sneezing had happened. I'm both entertained and slightly horrified about imagining what that would look like. Oh, those are the correct reactions. Trust me. Uh, let me think. What else did we do? We we fought a an Etten, a two-headed giant. Um, well, didn't fight. We very successfully snuck around it. There was a lot of a lot of that. Smart to move. Why fight something that you don't have to kill when you can easily go around it? I wouldn't call it easy, but at least we managed to. <laughs> oh, but yes, the Underdark, full of spiders, and um, there was a, the the Wailing Cairns. It was this cavern that had all of this this sort of bioluminescent glow, and we discovered all of these these insects that were giving off a, a tone, and and we had to be very, very careful not to garner their attention either, because it seemed like if they swarmed, it would be a very bad circumstance. 
Anything swarming is never going to be good. <laughs> yes. Um, oof, we ended up in a labyrinth at one point. I hate those. There was a creature. There was a, a creature with... Um, I want to say it had multiple eyes. It was very hard to look at. And it, it, it continued to demand fealty. It, it wanted to be fed magic items. Just wanted to eat them. So we lost a few pieces of equipment that day. That wasn't great. I imagine some people were very not thrilled to find that. <laughs> well, at least the rentable items from the quartermaster came in handy. Just a few spells and such that we were able to uh, offer up for safe passage. But um, I, I keep dancing around it, but in the end we ended up in a city uh, underground. It was incredible. It was a metropolis down there. It was run by um, deep elves, um, which we later found out were known as drow. That's not a that's not a term we know very well up here. I'm familiar with it. I've met a few in my time. Ah, well, we um, yes, I, I'm very close with um, with uh, a deep elf, um, a friend of mine, a, a teacher, uh, but I didn't know much about them. Till we ended up down there, and I learned probably more than I ever wanted to. There's a lot of uh, sacrifice and spider worship going on. Not my two favorite subjects. <laughs> yes, well, um, I have always uh, assumed that that might have been an outlier in terms of the, the sort of folk we'd meet down there. Um, the friend of mine, he lives here in Ashport. Um, very unlike that, and... Um, I believe that um, he's spoken vaguely of other settlements that are not quite as uh, draconian as uh, as that place. So it can't be all bad, I assume. Yeah, Drow don't always have the easiest life, especially considering how most people look upon them with cities like that. Yes, it's always the loudest examples that tend to make the uh, biggest impressions, I'm afraid. Unfortunately so, but I've seen many more who prove to be more noble and more trustworthy. I even met one who became a paladin in an, effect, in an effort to prove to her people that they can be more. I have found there are plenty of good and bad seeds among all people. <laughs> Ashport will teach you that. There's plenty to go around. Seems like an interesting place indeed from what I've seen. Very, very busy. Very, very, um, loud. Uh, but it's my own... I was born here, so I'm used to it. And honestly, when it gets too quiet, I get a little antsy. Understandably so. So usually when things go quiet, it's a sign that something bad's about to happen if you're out traveling. So when you come home and it gets mm. quiet, it's... It's a hard uh, balance to find, since I do enjoy... Curling up with a good book, but I guess I have a minimum amount of noise that I need just as a, a comfort. It's a good way of knowing that there's nothing trying to sneak up on you. It's like how miners use canaries as a way of knowing hmm. if something <laughs> bad has happened or if there's a gas. Because if the birds stop singing, they need to get out of there. What a macabre but effective analogy. Yes, if... Tried to help some of them find better ways, but magic can be tricky. Hmm. Don't I know it? So, 
What is the next step up from a proctor? There'd be more of a lateral move. Proctors can be, um, the rankings of proctors can be from uh, copper, silver, gold, and up to platinum. And then above that, they, the platinum proctors answer to the directors. Um, There are lots of other career paths in the birch field, but it's mostly um, for a proctor to be platinum. Usually you're in charge of a region or a contingent of other adventurers. You're more of a overseer than anything else. Um, a, a larger, you, you have a larger influence over the direction of uh, the Birchfield's research paths and, and expeditions. Is that something you wish to have? Is that something you aspire to? I haven't... <laughs> I don't know if I've thought that far ahead, actually. I've spent so much time wanting to be a proctor that I don't really look forward to a point where I'm beyond it. You'd rather be out on the road instead of sitting behind the desk directing things. Oh gosh, yes. (laughs) I have had potential desk word opportunities, and it does not appeal. (sighs) Not to me either. I've... Also had opportunities where I could take a back seat and watch things happen, but I find even though I'm more or less trying to retire from the adventurer life, I still would much rather travel, meet people, and keep an eye on potentially dangerous situations than sit at whatever building I choose to call home and wait to hear from others. Cheers to that. Yeah, I have a terrible case of wanderlust. As do I. There's too much of the world to go out and see and enjoy. What's the point of staying home when there's a world to explore? (laughs) And oddly enough, there's plenty of my home I haven't been able to explore, so I imagine I've got a bit of work ahead of me before I um, settle. And before I settle here, I want to see what's outside here. Naturally. It's a whole big world, especially when you consider the other worlds you can get to from here. Yes, um, haven't had a tremendous experience with it, but, um, we're starting to see a larger world. Worlds, I guess, would be the word. (laughs) Haven't had the pleasure of planar travel yet, but been looking forward to it. That will be potentially a, uh, a perk to some of the higher ranks and proctors. A bit of personal advice. If you're, when you're first starting to experience planar travel, try and bring some snacks or food as ginger and it. it'll help with the nausea. It, it's not pleasant the first few times and it takes a while to get used to it. I will keep that in mind, thank you. I will take whatever advice I can find. The first time I traveled planes, it was not intentional, and I spent the first 15 minutes losing all of my lunch and breakfast and some of the dinner from the night before. I can imagine. (laughs) It's okay, I hadn't eaten too much, and it threw the thing that was trying to kill me off enough toward I was able to disappear before it could hit me. There you go, silver lining. Use whatever skill set you have. And whatever skill set your opponent doesn't have. (laughs) Yes. Which this one, it was 
good eyesight. Hmm. I had a thing that could create the effect of daylight, so I just pointed it at his face. Well, there you are. <laughs> I believe I have a friend who can do that too, but uh, yeah, that's beyond my skill set. Very uh, rudimentary magics at this point for me. Um, it's still more than many can do. Right. I don't. I don't mean to belittle it. In fact, having a a, a familiar, for example, is nothing to to scoff at. So, I. Uh, Sometimes being in the birch field, being around people who have spent their whole life adventuring and growing in their skills can really throw off your sense of what the average person experiences. You, you take it for granted a little bit. It's easy to forget that not everyone sees the world the way that you do. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, we do try to spend a little time with... Less adventurous folk when we can. There are uh, occasionally family dinners and stuff that we uh, we go to, just as a way to reconnect with... Oh, it sounds so demeaning to say the average person. I, I really do need to find a better word for that. It's, uh, it's fair. It's fair. They have their own challenges and their own way of seeing things, but... Not everyone is meant to run around trying to help save the world. And that's a good thing, because otherwise there wouldn't be much of a world to save, now would there? <laughs> we haven't quite reached the point of world saving, I don't think, but... Um, Hopefully you won't have to. That would be nice. It'd be nice for the world to not be in enough peril that, oh gosh, they'd have to rely on us. No, it's not a fun place to be. Because then you become acutely aware of just how much you could lose if you fail. Hmm. Well, you know, in the grand scheme, at least I know that the people that I work with are the kinds of people I'd want to be in that situation with. That's a very good thing to know indeed. So much better than being stuck with people you can't stand. <laughs> you can't always choose your co-workers, but uh, sometimes you can luck out. Too true, too true. So has there been anything particularly unique or different going on around here recently? Oh gosh, we've been darting in and out of town so often lately, I'm not even sure. Yeah, I mean, there's... Things have been going steady in Ashport, as far as, as, far as I know. Plenty to do, uh, plenty to, uh, <laughs> to see uh, the... Um, we're technically a port, so there's a lot coming in and out um, from uh, coast side. Um, and you can always hitch a train somewhere else if you can't find something to do here, which would feel impossible, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I guess for the people who don't venture around collecting the injured as artifacts, it might be easier to run out of stuff to do. <laughs> well, there's, uh, depending on how much uh, you have in your pocket, or um, who you know, there's always something entertaining in Ashport. Is it ever possible for the port to be boring? I don't think as many people would live here if it were. <laughs> I imagine not. People, didn't, even if they don't chase adventure themselves, they still try and find something interesting. They're drawn towards what is different. 
Well, depending on the group. Um, it's been my experience that there are plenty of folks who are very comfortable at the top of the hill and uh, don't really like venturing too far away from what they're familiar with. I've never gotten along very well with those people. Really? I was born among them, and I would agree. I mean, no offense to them, it's just... Oh, no, please. It's all right if you have offense to give. Well, not on the whole. Certain ones, yes. There's a lot of offense. But there's too much going on in this world to sit back and do nothing. Or sit back and uh, enrich your own coffers. That's uh, what I was stepping away from. I thought that the proctors were a more worthwhile use of my time than one of the family businesses. Very good life choice indeed. Well, you, I'll, I'll take your opinion over theirs any day. That is good to know. Why don't I get us another round of drinks and maybe we can t- continue sharing tales of adventure or talk about magic or I'm sure there's something we could talk about. Sounds lovely. Yeah, because um, I noticed when I was coming in, you mentioned the port. I noticed there's a very, rather large fleet of ships with the same insignia as the building you mentioned as being the Birchfield Institute. Is there something going on there? Ah, well, um, any ships that have the, uh, what do they call it, the all-seeing eye or something pretentious like that, um... I would assume that that's the Birchfield um, fleet. It's our expeditionary fleet of... um, uh, It's probably a mix of proctors and and researchers. Uh, They are, as I said before, heading out to parts unknown, I think. We haven't been told much about them, but uh, they work with the directors and plan trips to parts unknown. Some of them seemed rather... Agitated, like there is something more going on. That could just be me, but... Well, I'll keep an eye on it. I appreciate you uh, mentioning it. I... there's... hmm. Yes? Nothing you need to worry yourself about, but um, I'll... I'll keep it in mind. I have a knack for noticing things. As I said, I keep an eye out on different situations to make sure the world continues functioning as it should. Well, we need plenty of those in and outside the Institute, so I wish you the best in that endeavor. And I appreciate that. I have a feeling we will be very good friends in the future. Always good to make friends. Here's to adventure. Cheers. Tales of Adventure is directed and produced by me, Brianna Toiber, as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. The music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it.